there's a signal from another world. A wayward transmission adrift between dimensions. A frequency not found in any normal radio dial. I never believed it was possible, until I found the radio on a dirt road in the Pine Barrens. It broadcasts from a reality like our own, but uncanny. Familiar landscapes and places, but through a dream, through a nightmare, you are now part of the Lost Signal Society. It all started on the kind of night I used to enjoy. A hazy, rainy evening with nowhere to go and a good book to read. Yet I could not seem to get comfortable. Suffering from an acute lack of focus, the words on the page seemed to smear together, and my dog Mojo paced restlessly back and forth across the floor, whining. It was as if he, too, felt unsettled. It had been only three months since the both of my parents passed away, and my sister Pamela and I had settled into a bit of a routine. She had been staying upstate at the old house we'd inherited, going to fix it up, turn it into a sort of bed and breakfast. I'd been in the city finalizing the rest of the details of the estate transfer. It was by no means an insignificant task. I had even taken a sabbatical from the engineering firm but I would give back everything, all the money, property, and what have you, to hear their voices. Good God, that ringer's loud. Is that any way to answer the phone? Vincent, it's Pamela. It's late, what are you doing calling at this hour? You're interrupting my evening moping. This better be good. I'm at the hotel downtown from the property. What? Why? Are you all right? Why aren't you at the estate? I'm fine, I'm just... Listen, I need to come clean about something, and you can't be mad at me. The preamble is not in your favor, sis. There's something wrong with the house. There's a lot of things wrong with it. The roof leaks, the plaster needs patching, the basement bathroom doesn't have walls. That's not what I mean, Vincent. Listen, I haven't told you this, but there's been a lot of weird stuff going on. I, I keep losing handymen. They say there's dark shapes and that they hear voices and whispering. So get a new handyman. He's not the first one. Why didn't you mention this? I wanted this to be my thing. I wanted to take care of it myself. People in town are starting to talk. So who cares if a few of your workers were squirrely? And who cares what the townies think for that matter? It's more than that. Vincent, tonight something happened that really made me flip. Are you sure you're okay? I'm scared, asshole. Didn't Dr. Van Veld give you something to help with the anxiety? Do you think maybe you're having a panic attack? Do not use the fact that I've been anxious recently, and understandably so considering our folks, as an excuse to treat me like a child. What did you see? I'll do better than telling you. Pack a trunk, put a leash on Mojo, and get on a northbound train. I'm going to show you. It's a testament to the friendship that my sister and I have that I'm even headed up to see her right now. She's got a real talent for asking for favors in the worst way. Pamela had been a chef at a Michelin star restaurant in the East Village, but after losing our folks, she wanted to slow down and do something different with her life. She had hopes to turn the old country estate they owned into a bed and breakfast. I was worried that maybe the strain had finally gotten to her. 
What could she have possibly seen that would make her call me in the middle of the night so worked up? Ticket. Uh, one to Green Oaks, please. And for the dog? Excuse me? New policy. Dog big enough to take up a seat, pays for a ticket. Even a seeing eye dog? Is he a seeing eye dog? No. He's gonna need a ticket. So purse dogs are okay, but this valiant descendant of the wolf has to pay? All dogs are descended from wolves, even the little ones. But if they're big enough to take up a seat, then they're big enough to pay. If it makes you feel better, kids pay too. Well then one child's ticket, please. Off peak hours, all tickets discounted. Here's your change. He's a good boy. What's his name? His name is Mojo, and he wags his tail for everyone like that. You're not special. Oh, sounds like your owner's a little grumpy. Have a nice day. Tickets, please. Thank you, Mayor. Did I hear you say you're going to Green Oaks? Uh, yes, I'm going to see my sister. Well, isn't that nice? Oh, don't mind me being nosy. I'm the Mayor, Bob Bauman. Uh, well, it's a, a pleasure to meet you. I'm Vincent, and uh, this is Mojo. What brings you to our little town? He had a kind face and looked just the picture of a charming small-town mayor. I wanted to tell him, well, my parents just died and my sister is losing her mind up in their old country house. But instead, I said, uh, my parents were the hearts who owned Holly House. Oh, dear. I heard about their sudden passing. Car accident, wasn't it? Yes. I am sorry for your loss, Vincent. Thank you. It's a beautiful home. Uh, will you move in? Uh, no, but my sister wants to turn it into a bed and breakfast. Oh, man, of course, yeah. yeah. Well, there's been some talk in town. Ignorant talk. I don't go in much for that sort of spooky stuff. Hasn't happened in quite some time, but you know how locals can be. I'm spending the night there tonight. Oh, is that so? Train's pulling into Green Oaks. Next stop is Hudson upon Tyne. Oh, well, that's us. It was nice to meet you, Vincent. Ah, yes, Vincent Hart. Well, good luck. You'll be glad you have that dog tonight. What do you think that means, Mojo? Vincent, there you are. Hi, Mojo. Oh, I'm so happy to see you. And you too, Vincent. Thanks for coming so quickly. Sure. I just wish I knew more about what happened to you. Look at all these people. It was never like this when we were kids. It used to be a ghost town. There are even some little hip shops on the main street. The neighborhood is coming up. Gentrification. It's not just Brooklyn, you know. It's just not the same mountain town from when we were kids. Come on, that'll help your business. People coming to get away from the city. People with money who want to poke around cute little shops. They also want to stay at B&B's with meals prepared by an amazing chef. What business? You mean a creepy, leaking house with walls that bleed and a crushing sense of psychic dread? You really think I'm an amazing chef? Nobody does farm to table like you. Come on, there's got to be a logical explanation for all of this. So, can you finally tell me what is going on up at the house? I don't want to tell you exactly what spooked me so bad last night. Not yet. I think we should go back again for you to experience it firsthand. If anything happens, I don't want to think I influenced you. I hardly think that's an issue. Please, just humor me for the night. All right, all right. Can you 
Tell me about the handyman, at least. Two handymen, one handywoman. Okay, so what happened? At first it was John Myers. He came to fix the leaking roof. At first he kept asking about the little girl in the house, but there obviously wasn't one. And then one day, I came home, and he was gone. He called me and said he was quitting, and his assistants would be coming to get his things. I talked to some of them. They were reluctant to talk about it at first, but eventually they told me. They said he had heard giggling, and then a swarm of insects of every kind had come out of every crevice in the wood of the attic where he was working. They chased him out of the house. Had he seemed strange? No, and his workers seemed surprised too. They said it was extremely out of character. What about the second fellow? He was younger, a sort of hippie kid that I found over at the local college. He was helping me with some work, stripping the wallpaper from the living room. We were working together one afternoon, and I went out to get some sandwiches from the deli. And when I came back, he was laying on the floor, curled into a ball. I tried to calm him down, but for a cup of tea in the garden, shaking the whole time, he told me that when I had been gone, the nature of the room had changed. How so? That all the sound disappeared, that it was totally silent, and that a thick mist filled the room until he couldn't see anything at all. That it filled him with dread, and that he felt as though he was dead. Not that he was dying. Dead. Okay, but did you see anything? Not that time. Could he have just inhaled too much paint stripper? You should have seen his face. He was pale and he kept looking around him. He didn't quit though. No? Worse. Asked me to let him go. As if I had something to do with it. He looked me in the eyes and said, Please, don't make me come back tomorrow. Yikes. Yeah. And the last one? She didn't even get inside the house. I was gardening in the side yard and I watched her come up to the porch. She went to ring the doorbell and suddenly stopped, turned heel, and went back to her pickup. I chased her down, but she had already put the car into gear when I got there. She just apologized profusely and said there had been a schedule mix-up and that she couldn't help me. But had you experienced anything odd? Not at that point. Here we are. It doesn't look spooky. It looks rather cheerful, actually. Come on, boy. Come on, Mojo. He really won't come out. Maybe he's motion sick. Leave the car door open and let's go into the house. He'll come when he's ready. The house is a proud old stone edifice, but inside it's surprisingly warm and charming. It hadn't been in my parents' possession long before they passed. They themselves had recently inherited it from my father's uncle. We had been there a few times over our life growing up, but I hadn't stood in this hall as an adult before. The entrance hall was decorated with the wildflowers from my sister's first gardening endeavors, inviting you in. The room was flanked by two curved staircases that led to a second floor landing. From the landing arose another staircase leading to the third floor. The bedrooms were all on the second floor, with the third floor being a master suite. The first floor contained a library, a kitchen, a dining room, and a large sitting room with an elegant fireplace from when the home was first built. It was perfect for everything my sister wanted to do. Did you ever feel uncomfortable here as a kid? I was trying to think back to when we were here, but I can't recall anything unusual. Can you? No, I can't. Me neither. Why don't you take the blue room on the second floor? Which room will you take? Oh, I'm not staying here. What? Yeah. 
I'm going back downtown. I'll meet you for breakfast in the morning. This thing really has you rattled, doesn't it? Listen, I like a gag as much as the next gal, but this is real. And whatever it is, I need you to know it. I just think you might be... Be careful where you're going with that, mister, or you're going to be eating crow. So will you stay in the house tonight? Listen, I promise there is nothing to worry about. Let me go get the dog. You're real lucky that your brother fears no man. It's not man I'm worried about. Is he still in the back seat? Yeah, he hasn't moved. Come on, boy. Don't you want to come with me? Come on. Don't pull on his leash so hard. Mojo, come. Come on, boy. Bad dog, come. At my admonition, the dog slowly and with tail tucked beneath his legs climbed out of the back seat of the car. He walked towards the front door and stared at me as though I'd condemned him to the green mile. In that moment, I felt guilty but it was nothing except the portent of what was to come. Whoo, this place is cavernous when it's empty, ain't it, boy? Let's see what they have in this old pile of records, huh, boy? Hmm, let's see. Oh, the Vienna Boys Choir. That's a hard pass, huh, Moj? What else do we got here? Hmm. Couple classical records, Bach Essentials 1, Bach Essentials 2, Bach Essentials 3. Oh, somebody likes variations on a theme. There's got to be something here worth listening to. Well, what do we have here? An outlier indeed, Big Bill Brunzi. I think I'll open up the front door and let some cool night air in through the screen door. Not quite a cozy little cabin with the screen door porch, but it'll do, won't it? Now for a little refreshment. Bourbon for me and water for you, Mojo. Still mad at me, boy? Come on, this place isn't so bad. Pam's just a little wound up and the locals aren't helping her state of mind. But they just don't know any better. Baby, please don't go. This is the way it should be, Mojo. A man in his castle with his loyal hound, the sounds of the blues, the greatest gift America gave the world, in my opinion, wafting through the speakers and a fine drink in hand. The American dream right here, pup. The American dream. Mojo? What's wrong, boy? The room was dark. Not just the darkness of the country, but an unearthly, deep darkness. Like the very stars themselves had been extinguished in the sky. I fished for my dog in the dark, looking for a velvety ear or a furry shoulder. Instead, my hand touched something that felt like wet gauze. But before I could react, it pulled hard away from me and skittered into a corner. Ha! For the love of Mojo, here, boy. I could hear Mojo in the darkness. Could imagine the fur on his haunch standing on end. I could hear the thing moving in the darkness. Mojo, come here. Something 
unearthly was moving about. It seemed to be to my right and then left. My palms were sweating and I could I felt sick to my stomach. I could hear rasping breathing and sucking wetness in, into some ungodly orifice. Something brushed up against my leg. Ah! Mojo! Pup! Where are you? Mojo! I stumbled in the darkness, scared to the point of pure panic. I felt around, all the while hearing the skittering of whatever it was. At this point, I was terrified, I won't lie, but I still thought it was a raccoon or a, a fox with mange. A anything rational. I found my way in the dark to the old mantle. I could hear the sound of the wind near the flue. My hands were sweaty with fear, and I went to light the matches and lit the old oil lantern on the mantle next to me. Suddenly, the noise of the creature ceased. I looked for Mojo. There was no sign of him and a hole in the screen door. He'd literally broken through to get away from it. I swung around, expecting to see the animal that had crawled out of the walls of the old house. Instead, I was faced with a twisted visage that I can barely describe. It was crouched, gray and humanoid in shape, with shreds of something macabre hanging off of it. Its eyes were void, utterly vacant. It arched its neck and breathed a rasping breath. It lunged towards me. Place on fire? Jesus, Vincent, are you all right? Where's Mojo? What happened? How did you get to the hotel without a car? <clears throat> God, I'm so sorry. Come in. It's real. Yeah, it is. I saw things. Let me get you a glass of water. This thing was dark, sis. And foreboding? Incredibly foreboding. It made me feel sick deep down. M Mojo ran off into the dark, and I, I can't find him. He, he could be anywhere. Oh, no. Poor baby. We'll find him, Vin. We will. We'll look first thing in the morning. Put up signs. If I had described it, would you have believed me? I'd have thought you were insane. And now? I think we're both insane. Pam, what is that thing? I don't know, but I think I might have an idea of who can help find out. You can't be thinking about trying to fight the... that thing. Just sell the place. You can buy another bed and breakfast. No, Vincent. I love that old house. I remember the summers we spent there with Mom and Dad. Nothing bad has ever happened in that house before. Why is this kind of stuff happening now? It just doesn't make any sense. There's this fellow. Muffy's pop used him and said he's the greatest paranormal detective there is. I have a meeting with the insurance company tomorrow, so you'll have to go meet him at the station. I'm going to call him in the morning and have him take the first train up, if he'll take our case. Are you sure this fellow is on the up and up? Usually these occult types are unscrupulous. Oh, don't be such a classist. You know what mother always said about that stuff. That magic was for people who couldn't afford technology. I don't know if I disagree. What are my other options? 
I guess you're right. So it was settled. I had no idea what I was in for. listening to Lost Signal Society. This episode is titled Max Tarot and the Nature of Being Haunted Part 1. Part 2 will be released as part of our second season coming in 2019. If you'd like to show your support for the program, the actors, and everyone involved, you can do so via the PayPal donation link at the bottom of our webpage at lostsignalsociety.com. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the episode. I sat on a bench at the train station, waiting, staring down the tracks as the world swam by me. The trees thinned rapidly as they closed into town. I felt cold, divided in half internally. Was I losing my mind? Was the thing I saw a product of my mind? A mental fabrication in the face of stress and provoked by my sister's anxious delusions. But then what about my dog? His behavior when we approached the house and then ripping through the metal screen to escape the gray thing? I had caught myself reaching to pet him here and again, so used to him being by my knee. My sister had felt incredibly guilty for the loss of Mojo and my night of terror. She was going around town putting up lost dog flyers. But my night in the estate had the desired effect. I was a believer that something was going on in that house and was ready to try and rectify it. My sister had given me a business card it contained scant information, just a name and an address in Brooklyn. Max Tarot, 112 Parkside Ave. A few years ago, one of Pamela's friends had returned from a trip ill. There were rumors of malaria and her father said she needed plenty of rest but was being a rather good sport about the whole thing. That was the official line, that she had some kind of virus. What she was, was possessed. Wall-crawling, preacher-cursing, ectoplasm-puking, creepy-eye-rolling, raspy-voice-possessed. Of course they kept it out of the society papers. It was sort of a low-class problem. Her parents were at their wit's end until somebody recommended Max Tarot. I imagined a big man, maybe a Van Helsing or an Eastwood Ferguson type, or even someone like Humphrey Bogart. Mind if I sit here? Train station's pretty busy. I quickly eyed the figure that eased itself next to me on the bench. Strikingly good-looking and in early middle age. They were the androgynous hipster type, in jeans and a tailored denim jacket over a white t-shirt. I was never able to pull off casual clothes in a way that looked cool. I was not very casual. I must have been staring because the elf spoke up. You want to talk about it? I'm sorry? Do you want to talk about what's bothering you? I'm fine. It's all over your face. I'm just not feeling chatty. I think you need my help. I'm getting help. When I looked up, they were extending a card out to me. I looked up at the face that was peering at me and then back to the card in her hand. Emblazoned across it was the name Max Tarot. 
Oh. You're... Well, I guess I was expecting someone... different, I guess. How did you know it was me? Your sister said to meet you at the train station, that her house was possessed, and that because of that, your beloved dog was lost. Coupled with the fact that you're the most melancholy guy in the room, well, if I couldn't suss that much out, I'd be awful at my job. And I want you to be assured, I am good at my job. Well, we've heard some extraordinary things about you. Why don't we take a ride up to the estate? I'll show you around the place. And this is the library. It's where I used to spend a lot of time as a kid. Ooh. Well, isn't this place something? Room after room. What's this? It's Mojo's bear. I'm sorry about your dog running off. It's definitely a sign of something occult. Animals are sensitive to all this sort of weirdness. Hello. I know who you are. Oh? Are we starting off so uncanny? Who's your friend been? I thought you were getting... Wait, holy ghost of David Bowie? Are you... You're Max? You'll of course excuse me. I was expecting an old man, not someone so... cool looking and young. Pamela. No, no, it's alright. It's all accurate. Besides, I'm a lot older than I look. Do you have a preference? In what you're called? I don't have an answer everyone likes. They, them, seems to most describe me. But I don't mind him or her. In fact, in my line of work, which people choose can be helpful. Says more about them than you? You got it. Sometimes it even tells me what they want from me. That's very useful information. Ain't that the truth? Though, Vincent, I appreciate that you cared that she'd hurt my feelings. You know, it's the pretty ones always hurt your feelings. Uh-huh. Besides, I think that as we all get to know each other, you'll find that being what you might call a little queer is the least odd thing about me, my pronouns notwithstanding. We need to get started on the problem at hand, that you have some kind of paranormal infestation. So what's our plan of action? Indeed. Pamela, I'll collect a statement from you in a moment, but your brother has filled me in on the specifics. How do you get rid of this stuff? Is it an exorcism or just a house blessing? Those really are two versions of the same thing. Really? So when my college roommate burned sage, it was an exorcism? Sure. You're banishing negative energy, so I'd say that it counts. I use a mix of ancient paganism, folk magic, shamanic practices, and ceremonial actions depending on the situation and nature of the activity. Are all those included in the fee we discussed, or is ancient paganism extra? As you can see, your brother has agreed to the terms and fees. And yes, one fee gets you all of me. I know my reputation precedes me, but take heart. You'll soon see why. Well, knowing what you know... What we have is taking the form of a full nocturnal demonic infestation. What do you mean, taking the form of? Well, that's what it appears to be. But that doesn't mean that's what it is. Sometimes one thing looks like another by accident or design. I have to figure out the specifics and concoct a way to release it. 
or destroy it or consume it. You're joking. Does it matter to you as long as it's gone? I guess not. No matter what it is, we can start tonight with some basic purification rites. I'll spend the night here if you don't mind. I want to hit the ground running. Vincent, I'm going to give you a list of things I'll need. Most of it will be available at the supermarket in town. Except the graveyard dirt. Graveyard dirt? Yeah. Catch! In the northeast part of the graveyard of the First Methodist Church, there's a headstone for Albert Strong. He was a Union soldier, a good father and a righteous man. Leave that mercury dime by his headstone and ask him if you can take some of his grave dirt. Then meet us back here. Us? Pamela, I think you and I should walk the perimeter. We'll survey the layout and look for signs of Bojo. Fine with me, but I need to change into some sensible shoes. Hurry, we should all be back here before nightfall. So what exactly are we looking for? Well, any number of things, really. I also just want to get a lay of the property as well. Where the sun rises and sets, the various tree lines. Do you really think you can find Mojo? I hope so. I'm actually usually more fond of animals than people. (laughs) I know what you mean. Max, can I ask you something a little rude? You said you were older than you looked, but how old are you? Oh, well... I'm not sure. I have sort of a strange history. My brother and I were orphans in this world. They think we were about four when they found us. We were walking down a country road with no clothes. They said we didn't speak much, and when we did, it wasn't understandable. I don't remember a lot from before then. I mean, what do you really remember from before you were four, really? I recall the people that found us trying to get us to eat, offering the both of us a bunch of different things until they finally brought some green peas, which I liked. When I was older, people would tell me that when they found us, we had a green cast to our skin. I... So you have a brother? Where is he? He died. Uh, He was always sickly, but after we'd been there five years, he got a lot worse. He refused all food and got weaker and weaker, until one day he just didn't wake up. I'm so sorry, Max. Sometimes I think I was lucky. Sometimes I think he was. A spinster in the village took me in. She cared for me, even if the rest of the village treated me with suspicion. That's not usually what happens. Say, are your earrings real silver? Um... Well, yeah. Let me use one for a second. And a black thread. Oh, thank goodness my jacket is a bit distressed. I want that back. Oh, don't be so fussy, miss. We're going to find Mojo. How are you going to find a dog with my earring? I'm not going to find it. I'm going to invoke a minor spirit that may have seen something. And then we're going to make a pendulum. I'm going to draw a circle in the dirt clockwise for our purposes and put something from our furry friend in the centre. All right. Now, I've tied your earring to this string and hung it over the dog toy in the centre of our circle. And? Ask for help. Wassail Wolf here. (laughs) 
Who's brain the games? That's terrible. Who made the games do through the app? A loyal dog has gone missing. Have you seen him? Max? Max, are you okay? Your eyes are rolled into the back of your head. Gil, to scare the Get to Bendecastle. I know I owe you, but I have to help these people. Don't you have a little soft spot for a quest? The pendulum is swinging. North, south, east. They get a naked locus. Fine. It's agreed then. I'll make the sacrifice in exchange. I know where Mojo is. Max? What was that? Oh, an invocation of an Anglo-Saxon warrior in the other world. He helps me out sometimes. He's a real good guy. I don't believe it. Oh, you don't have to. But that dog needs us. It's wet, scared, and alone. Come on. Oh, for Pete's sake. Max, wait up! Your legs are longer than mine! Hello, Vincent. We have a surprise for you. I hope it's a good one. Do you know how weird I looked at the grocery store buying all this stuff? 20 pounds of salt. Beef hearts. Lots of cultures eat the whole animal, Vincent. Yeah, but 13 of them? I had to go to four different places. You did amazing. And here's your reward. Mojo! Oh boy, it sure is good to see you. How'd you find him? He wasn't far. And we had a little help from a friend of mine. The sun's setting, Max. Oh, look, right on time. What's that? It, it's dripping down the wall. Ugh, is that... Max, wait, don't do that! Mm. Taste is an underused sense, kittens. Don't. Hmm. Blood. Definitely blood. Oh, for Pete's sake. Gross! I'm a little upset that this sort of stuff is starting to feel normal. It's not very good blood, though. Ram? By good blood, do you mean human? All right, you two. Back to the hotel. What? You really think you both were going to stay all night? No way. Not till I know what's going on here. Listen. This thing is going to be in a frenzy when I do this ritual. I want to get it to reveal itself. If I don't know what that is going to be, I don't want to put you in harm's way. Besides, I don't think Mojo wants to stay here. He's been through a lot. Maybe you guys spend a nice night all together at the hotel downtown, okay? I trust you. Okay. Listen, one favor though. Take a walk around the property with your sister, Pamela. Remember how I laid those white stones in a circle around the house? Sure. Just pop a beef heart on each one. There's twelve out there. Leave one with me. Ugh. Oh, if it makes you feel better, I never eat meat outside of rituals. Otherwise, I'm a vegetarian. Somehow that makes it worse? You want to eat the heart, Vincent? You know, I cooked heart at the Culinary Academy. Mm, gotta be raw, darlings. Now hurry. You need to be off the property by dark. I'll meet you at the corner diner tomorrow.
Is it just me, or do you get the feeling that more than one person in this place is saying, there they are, don't look? Can you blame them? Between the handymen leaving the house with PTSD and your macabre shopping spree yesterday, it's the most exciting thing that's happened in this town since they got the Thai place. Bitchy. Eh. Listen, I want to talk to you about Max. Hmm? Do you think that they have something to do with all this? What do you mean? It's a little convenient, don't you think? Knowing so much? Yeah, but remember that I decided to seek Max out because of what they did for Muffy. And I had the business card that I stole from her father's desk. That's a lot of positioning just to get to us. Maybe. I just worry that Max is an all Hello. Max! Oh, Max! <laughs> Vincent, if you weren't a little wary, I'd be concerned. You barely know me, and you've been through a lot in the past few weeks. Nor have we had an immediate connection. <laughs> Besides, you're not wrong, Vincent. I never said I was good. I said I was good at my job. Which brings me to your house. It's a weird one. How so? Well, those demons and darkness and all forms of terror, they're empty. What do you mean, empty? Well, you see, usually, that kind of haunting, it's intelligent. You have the appearance of beings acting in negative ways toward human inhabitants. Usually, each of them has a level of sentience and will. That's not the case in your house. So they're like holograms? Not exactly. They are manifesting on our plane, but they're what we call servitors. What's that? Well, it's when a magician invokes certain aspects to essentially create a spiritual being for a short period of time. It can be wiped out of existence by either the magician who created it, or by completing its tasks. So the house isn't haunted or on an intradimensional rift? Mm -mm, I don't think so. I think someone's haunting your house. Now we just have to figure out how. Someone is haunting our house. Yeah. I'm saying it's a fix. A setup. Someone doesn't want me there? It would certainly seem that way. I don't understand. I barely know anyone in town. Who could hate me enough to conjure demons in my house? Well, they're not really demons. They're servitors. Unless they are going to start being of service, we're going to have to get rid of them. What's your plan of attack, Max? I think we're going to have to combine some occult work and some detective work. And you two are going to help. And that was how we met Max Tarot, the ageless, androgynous, charismatic wonder who walked into our house, found my dog, and completely uprooted my life. But more on that next time. Thank you so much for listening to Lost Signal Society. If you're enjoying our unique brand of programming, please subscribe so you don't miss a single story. You can also follow us on Instagram, at Lost Signal Society, on Twitter, at Lost Signal SOC, or check out our website, lostsignalsociety.com and explore the map of the Lost Signal universe. On November 25th, there'll be an interview with the writer-producers of this audio drama program on the Count Drahoon Feature of Fright podcast, Interview by a Vampire. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>